This is The Journey's Podcast, and I'm your host, Mark Stolo. Today I'm talking with Brian Traskos. Brian is a somatic intelligence expert. He is nationally recognized for his work in coaching, training, and mentoring human development professionals in the science of somatic intelligence. Brian wants to help you tap into the natural flow of your body's energy system. Fatigue, stress, and strain are no match for the immensity of the energy flowing in and around you. So we're talking about energy. What's interesting is a lot of people, I think, tend to consider energy like a commodity. I have it. I don't have it. I got to get more of it. Uh, this is how I go get it. Oh, energy's in a bar. It's in a coffee. It's in something else. I need to go and acquire energy. You're saying something very different in this journey. Talk about how you think about or understand better energy and how you express it through this journey. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Mark. Isn't it something we're always saying to ourselves or hear people say to themselves, like, God, I'm exhausted. I'm tired. I need to find more energy. And then we go after the energy bar or the energy drink or the cup of coffee, whatever it is, thinking that that's where, where it resides. And we forget really at a fundamental level that everything is energy. I mean, look to your left, look to your right, look in front of you, look at whatever it is that you're looking at right now is energy. I mean, there's nothing in the physical world that doesn't have a foundational element of being energetic. When we just microscope everything down, we're getting the subatomic particles whirling around. And by the way, those particles can either be particles or waves. They can either be mass or energy moving. And they can never be seen as... um, both of those things at the same time. They can only be viewed as matter or as energy, but never both simultaneously. And we talk about that in the in the journey of really understanding at a deeper level what everything is around us and ultimately what we are ourselves, how you know what when we look at your our physical bodies, how that interacts with everything around us. And so it's kind of funny to think that we need to get more of something that is ubiquitous. It's everywhere anyway. So where would we go to get more of it when we're already in it? What's the thing that's keeping people from feeling tuned into that which they are? What is the uh, barrier to what creates the mindset of energy as a commodity, me as separate from energy, and this is something that I have to kind of consume I guess that classic metaphor almost like I got to feel like I'd fill up my battery, right? I'm, I'm low. My battery's low. I got to fill it up. What creates that false perception of our reality? Well, you know, this is a great question. And it's a really, it's a question that pierces right to the heart of a lot of things. And it really is a fundamental assumption about lack. I mean, I think that's really what it boils down to is that whenever we have a, a an experience or a thought or a perception that there's something lacking, we have to recognize according to universal law and universal principles that everything is whole. There's nothing is lacking. And if it's lacking, it just means that we can't see a, something. That's all. It's almost like with, when you look at a book. If you hold a book up in front of your eyes you'll, and you're looking at the cover of the book, do we assume that, the, that it doesn't have a back on the book? No, we know that the, there's a back on the book also, but we're not directly perceiving it until we turn the book around and then look at it. 
And so this is the way that universal laws operate. We actually talk about universal laws in the, in the journey process as well. They really start to break down these mindset blocks around uh, what creates these fundamental misperceptions. But that primary misperception you're talking about, Mark, is that we could be lacking in anything. And I think the, the, the deepest misperception of that is that we can be lacking in the very thing that creates everything else, which is energy. I want to make sure I'm hearing you right. Is it that the perception becomes substituted by the reality and, it, and we abide in that perception? Because someone listening to this is saying, well, all right, Brian, I'm feeling you, but I wake up in the morning and I'm tired, you know, or I go through my day and I'm exhausted, or come lunchtime, I feel like taking a nap. So if everything is an abundance of energy and then there's this infinite well of energy, why is it that I feel drained? Great question. Well, this goes back to the whole idea of a body-mind connection, because when we're feeling, quote-unquote, feeling drained, we're feeling drained in our bodies, right? Our bodies are feeling drained. But we also must know by now that there's our body is more than just a body. Our emotions have an interaction with our bodies. Our thoughts have interactions with our bodies. Our perceptions have interactions with our bodies. Really, I mean, that's something we know more now than anything else. And we talk about epigenetics, the idea that what we perceive in, uh, in science-based knowledge, what we perceive drives what happens in our DNA. That's the study of epigenetics. So the way that we're perceiving the world will create physiological activities in our bodies. If we're perceiving one side of something or we're perceiving lack where there's actually wholeness, then our physiology will correlate to our perception. And our, the reality we create in our body will also be lacking. And so we can reverse engineer this. A lot, of, a lot of people like yourself are like, well, how do I wrap my head around that? That's uh, w- w- what you're saying that then what I'm perceiving um, is showing up in my body. I don't get that. And I say reverse engineer this for a second and understand that your, your subconscious mind below your level of conscious thought, by the way, because our perceptions happen in our subconscious mind, not in our conscious mind. Our con- Conscious mind simply rationalizes our perceptions and reinforces them. But our perceptions happen in our subconscious mind. And our subconscious mind is our body. What do you mean by that? Well, I'm not running my liver right now. Like my liver is running itself. My gut is running itself. My heart is running itself. My cells are running. That's all subconscious. I'm not paying attention to those things. So my subconscious processes are being run or my body is being run by subconscious processes. My perceptions are in my subconscious or a foundation of my subconscious. So I'm perceiving things based on how I've been taught to perceive them. And so I'm going through the world um, filtering out realities that support whatever my preconceived notions are about the world. And those perceptions are directly influencing my physiology. So my, my, my question to somebody or who, someone who asked that question, I'm saying, I still get up in the morning and I'm tired. I say, well, then if, that, if this is true, that your subconscious mind is your body and your subconscious mind is filtering perceptions to reinforce your reality, then what perceptions must you have be having right now if you're tired? Yeah, so they say to you, well, you know, I'm only getting like four hours of sleep a night. I think that's why I'm tired. Mm-hmm. 
Well, and, and that's one causative effect, right? We say that there, um, there's multiple, uh, multiple things that affect our, our physiologic energy, our body energy. We like to say your, your energy diet is more than just food. And one of, those, one of the things on that diet is actually sleep. And so my question then is, well, why aren't you only sleeping four hours, right? right? Because you're making a choice to do that, and that choice is likely based on perceptions. Some of which are unconscious, Exactly. Mostly, most of which are unconscious. Right. So like, I want to be able to sleep. I'm not sleeping. So of course there's a tension here. So what's at, what's at odds between some implicit or subconscious reality that's in conflict with what you seem to be consciously want, which is I'd love a great night's sleep. And yet here you are reading at 3 a.m. That's exactly, you just nailed that right on the head, right? That conflict is a, a conscious desire is in conflict with a subconscious process. Mm-hmm. That's really what's creating the, the imbalance in the nervous system that is resulting in us noticing that we're tired. Right. I think it's something that you talk about in this journey. We have to understand how powerful that force is. That subconscious force is a very, very powerful force. If you Just going back to your original comment, if you think about it operating your body, Like your body is a very complex organism with a a lot of moving parts in it, uh, most of which you will never see, but things constantly in motion and and just a multitude of things coalescing and moving and restructuring constantly. So it, it is a force to be reckoned with. But I think that what I hear you also saying in this journey is the power in that force and tapping into that is part of where your greatest potential is. Absolutely, without a, without a doubt. And just to further reinforce your statement, Mark, you know, we have 75 trillion cells in our body, each cell doing 100 billion processes per second. So that's too many zeros for me to, to even figure out what you would call that. But that's a lot of stuff going on that we're not even paying attention to, right? That's just happening. And the the administrative orchestration of all of the all of those activities is mind-boggling in and of itself. All those connections. There's more connections in our neural network than stars in the sky. I mean, there's so much activity going on that is happening from our in our subconscious processes. And that is really where the well of all of our energy resides, is in us connecting to what we're what's happening underneath or beneath our conscious awareness. So is that the vein that you're taking people down in this journey? Is it about facilitating a process of tapping back into that perennial energy, that ever-present infinite expanse of energy? And then how are you supporting that experience? Well, really, you know, our bodies are designed, Mark, to gather, circulate, store, and direct energy. Literally, the physical construct of our bodies are designed to do those things. And on some way, we have to start breaking down our subconscious perceptions, our subconscious belief systems that have disallowed that connection. I mean, it wasn't always like this. As humans, there was, there was a time when humans knew they were a part of everything else, when humans were walking around on the planet knowing that they were connected to a, a natural source of energy that's always abundant, always there, always present, and we just had to know how to tap into it. And this was a part of normal everyday culture thousands and thousands of years ago. And we have become divorced from that culture. You know, I think technology has served to a 
to, to a large degree to that. Also talk about the whole body mind split that occurred, you know, a few hundred years ago have divorced our evolution from that process. Who so really what we do on this journey is help ourselves to number one, to break down some of those constructs so we can re understand or re-experience our primal connection to the energy that's all around us. Understand our own physical construct. And we're talking about the science of this. I mean, I really have loved to approach these things, not in such a woo-woo way, but really a very grounded scientific way. Let's look at the anatomy of the cell. Let's look at the physiology of certain tissues in our bodies. Let's talk about how they are practically designed to gather, circulate, um, channel, store, and direct our, our own energy. I mean, we, we're energy batteries, actually, and our bodies are designed to create energy. That's what we do every single moment of every day. So the journey process takes us through there. And then we go through a uh, process after we understand that we are a part of everything and our bodies are designed to do this. We walk through a practical time-honored process that helps us learn how to gather, circulate, store, and redirect the energy resources that are all around us. I wanted to ask you a question a bit about the before and after, but the, the problem with that metaphor is it's not an apt metaphor because they're really in, in what we're talking about is there's no before and after. There's just what is ever present. And we're talking about tuning into that. It's like it's mm -hmm. like a song that's playing, except you're just not hearing it. So we can't really talk about there being quiet or the sound or the song. The song is just always playing. So I guess the better question is, is what does life look like as I'm tuning into that energy? This is where language is going to be difficult, but what is the paradigm shift that happens as I become more connected, more in tune with that, with that flow of energy? First, let's talk about what it looks like when it's not, when we're not in flow. And most of us understand that. Um, and, and that's why we're looking to change it, but it really does look like frustration, fatigue, depression, um, you know, um, slothfulness, if you will, just, you know, a really uh, think about a very low energetic experience. And sometimes when, when we move out of that, we move into frustration, which is a little bit more energy than being really depleted and fatigued, but it's still not the way that most of us want to live our lives. So the transition we make is imagine being so hungry, right? Imagine being starving and then being given a nourishing bowl of soup. Like feel the warmth of the soup enter into your mouth and then into your throat. And then how does it feel when it lands in your stomach? This, this warm expansion, expansion experience that happens in your physiology, in your body. And if you really pay attention to that, then you can feel that warmth spread from your stomach throughout your body as you begin to eat more of that warm and nourishing soup after you've been starving. So imagine what that sensory experience would be like to feel like this warm warmth is just spreading throughout your body. And what would happen to your, to your uh, posture? What would happen to your eyes? What would happen to your ears? What would happen to your ability to be able to have a conversation with someone else when you're hungry versus when you feel fed? What is your ability to be able to feel in tune with things around you when you've been hungry versus when you've been fed? I think that's, and I'm talking about being fed something really deeply nourishing. So that's really what life transforms into. And life can become very easy and very filling 
without feeling full. I mean, that's kind of the way I like to think about this, right? I mean, life can feel filling without feeling so full that you get uh, depleted and slothful again. So there's this sweet spot that occurs where we are in flow during the day and we have plenty of energy to do the things that we would like to do. And we also have plenty of energy to say no to the things that we don't want to do. And because that takes energy as well. And we really become in, in the sense of managing the flow of resources that, again, are all around us that we have the capacity to tap into and move through ourselves. We become better managers of that. And we are able, in a very practical way, move through the, do, move through the day with much more ease, much more lightness, much more uh, energy, I would say, and much more capacity to communicate and be resilient with those around us. Keep on exploring. Brian invites you to go on a huddle journey into tapping into the flow of endless natural energy.